6: The Motor Racing Network presents the 12th Annual Daytona 500 miler. And Dale Earnhardt is going to win the Daytona 500 in his twentieth try. Everybody, all this three team, everybody's worked so hard for this. Dale Earnhardt Jr. pulls down to the start-finish line. He will win the 46th running of the Great American Race.
7: It's Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the 2004 Daytona 500. I'm
6: happy as hell to win the Daytona 500, and I'm glad I got to race my buddy Tony Stewart for the win. This has got to be the greatest day of my life. Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four. No one ever thought he would contend for the win, but he's gonna do it. He's gonna win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. Daytona has a way with just making
8: memories. The 2019 Great American Race is near. And Jimmy Johnson has won the Daytona 500. As the NASCAR world assembles on the world's most famous beach in Daytona, so too does the Motor Racing Network. The
9: world's greatest
6: stock car race, the Daytona 500
8: miler. For the 50th time in history, MRN will bring the sounds of Daytona to listeners worldwide.
6: They almost touch as they move down low in the banking. They're going to be side by side as they exit the bank and head for the finish line. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. With the 29th annual
10: Daytona 500 goes to Bill
8: Elliott. You know, to run around this place for
9: 500 miles and stay out of trouble yeah. is a feat in itself.
6: Earnhardt will not be able to do anything with them. Jeff Gordon wins the Daytona 500 for a second time.
11: You, you recognize how, recognize that, races and that that winner is and and, you know how special it it is to be there
10: here they come off turn number four dale jarrett's got the lead he goes to the inside earnhardt's not going to get him dale jarrett is going to win
11: to bring joe
8: gibbs uh his first daytona 500 win was pretty special from the shores of daytona beach florida this is 50 years of the 500 on mrn here are your hosts jeff Striegel and alex hayden Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to our live
9: continuing coverage of Daytona Speed Weeks 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Striegel, alongside Alex Hayden. And we're delighted to be here tonight to discuss a bit of history that's
1: happening this weekend in Daytona. For the 50th time in Daytona 500 history, the Motor Racing Network will reach the airwaves worldwide and broadcast the greatest stock car race in the world, the Daytona 500.
9: you remember the first 500 for you,
1: Alex Hayden, or one in particular that stands out in your mind? So many from being a child listening to MRN's call of the Daytona 500 with Mike Joy and, and Barney Hall in the booth among all the great turn announcers. Uh, I, I did. I remember listening to the Daytona 500 on the carpet, playing with my little matchbox cars yeah. down there, uh, and, and maybe one day, who knows what was going to happen. Little did I know at the time that I would have the opportunity to broadcast Daytona 500s in my own right.
9: Boy, isn't that, uh, I think that sums it up for all of us, a part of the motor Racing Network. I remember 1979 and watching that uh, race unfold on TV in the middle of the Great Lakes blizzard and I think so many of us across the country remember that race in particular and of course now we fast forward to all the great uh, memories that this track uh, and this race have have given all of us and I remember the very first time 2002 uh, being a turn announcer for the Motor Racing Network and the emotion that came with that standing just outside of turn number four.
1: And to me it didn't matter exactly which 500 it was that I've been uh, fortunate enough to broadcast here on MRN there's just been so many race mornings that are unlike anything else in the world. Daytona 500 race morning is still one of the greatest moments in time in my life
9: and and i think it is for everybody and and hopefully you'll all agree with us as we move through this because tonight we're going to take a look back at some of the important moments in daytona 500 history heard right here on the
1: motor racing network with help from many who were involved but first uh, let's kick things off with a little history lesson with the current voice of the motor racing network fred armstrong
8: Founded in 1970, the Motor Racing Network was the brainchild of NASCAR founder, the late Bill France Sr.
10: I want to join you in a warm and personal welcome to our friends and relatives listening to today's broadcast of the world's greatest stock car race
6: the Daytona 500
8: with help from broadcaster and NASCAR Hall of Famer Ken Squire.
6: This is Ken Squire inviting you to join us for the running of the world's greatest stock car race, the Daytona 500
8: miler. As Squire describes the network's existence initially came about as a need to promote NASCAR and it started with a vision.
12: He knew what he needed done and and he wanted to have a real Sunday platform for what this game was and that If it worked for religion, this was Bill's religion, and he was going to have a three or four hour program in which we would talk about the racing and the kind of people that did it. And we were blessed with a lot of good people.
8: At the time, flag to flag coverage of NASCAR didn't exist on television. Yet, the sport was starting to grow, with help from its stars.
12: It was the the right thing to do, and he wanted more promotion of other tracks, and made that quite evident.
8: Squire was in charge of growing the network, signing affiliates and wooing advertisers. But he didn't pitch stations and sponsors by selling NASCAR per se. The cunning broadcast veteran focused on one big event, at the
12: World Center of Racing. We didn't say carry NASCAR, we we said we were going to provide the the biggest stock car race there was the daytona 500
6: the motor racing network presents the 12th annual daytona 500 miler
8: the first daytona 500 to hit the mrn airwaves was the 1970 edition with squire leading the team
12: at this time we take pleasure in bringing to the microphone president of the daytona international speedway bill france senior today's
10: exciting events are being carried across the land and throughout the world by a network totaling nearly 300 radio stations, plus the American Forces Network. Today's broadcast is of special significance to Mrs. France and myself, as our son Jim is listening with some of his buddies at one o'clock in the morning somewhere in Vietnam.
8: Retired stock car pilot Marvin Panch joins Squire in the broadcast booth with turn coverage from Pierre, South Dakota's Tony Dean of affiliate KCCR. Thank you very much,
3: Ken, and good morning, everybody, from Florida.
8: And Bob Smith of flagship station WNDB in Daytona Beach. Dover International Speedway announcer Bob McKinley and the late Barney Hall called the action on pit Road. Hall would remain on the network for over four decades, becoming one of NASCAR's greatest commentators.
6: Thank you, Ken. As we look down toward the east end of the speedway, all we can see, of course, is pit crews and tires stacked all the way up to the top of pit wall. They'll get a chance to put all this equipment to work as the race will be getting underway here very shortly. We'll be right here to cover all the action. Back to you in the tower.
8: Pete Hamilton took the checkers in the 1970 Daytona 500, but the event's legacy reverberated from Hamilton's victory lane celebration through the decades, as millions of race fans tuned in to experience the great American race in real time, thanks to a man with a vision. Coming up, the 70s were
9: filled with drama here in Daytona. We'll explain next. This is the 50 years of the 500 on MRN, the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
8: On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. The Detroit DD-13, DD-15, and DD-16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com.
5: ISM Raceway got some major upgrades. NASCAR fans, Come and see what all the buzz. You have a racetrack that's created an unbelievable challenge roll in his
6: restart. Bumping. He, has to check up. he catches the 38. The 38 spins.
5: And cheering is about.
6: Kyle
8: Busch is going to win in the desert. <laughs>
5: Mark your calendar for the Ticket Guardian 500 March 8 through 10. Get the best remaining tickets now at ismraceway.com
2: Hi, this is Mike Backley. Join me and the rest of the MRN crew every Tuesday night for NASCAR Live. We'll get you up to date with the latest news stories and ready for the upcoming race weekend. That's what it boils down to. You know, anything can happen in between, and uh, we've seen it the last few years, kind of how crazy things can get. Hear exclusive interviews, expert analysis, and much more.
6: Wheel that thing, brother, wheel it. That's why you never give up, guys. Never give up. It's NASCAR
2: Live this Tuesday night at 7 Eastern on the Motor Racing Network.
8: (laughs) This is 50 Years of the 500 on MRN. Now, back to Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden.
1: Throughout the show, we're going to hear from many voices and personalities that help shape the Motor Racing Network. But without the radio stations themselves, this isn't possible.
9: Remarkably, Alex, there are 11 stations who have been with us since the beginning and will carry their 50th broadcast of the Daytona 500 coming up on Sunday. And they include MRN's flagship station, WNDB, right here in Daytona Beach, Florida. WDEV, Waterbury, Vermont. WSLM, Salem, Indiana. W. W-U-S-Q, Winchester,
1: Virginia. Others are W-W-G-P, Sanford, North Carolina, W-B-K-R, Owensboro, Kentucky, W-M-T-N, Morristown, Tennessee, W-B-T-R, Carrollton, Georgia, W-E-S-C, Greenville, South Carolina, W-J-C-W, Johnson City, Tennessee, W-M-M-Y, Boone, North Carolina. Thank you so much for your continued support.
9: Following MRN's first broadcast of the Daytona 500 in 1970, A storm of dominance took place as the king made Daytona his kingdom. A season later, Richard Petty became the first three-time winner of the
1: Daytona 500, and in 73 and 74, he made it five. Two years after Petty's fifth came one of the most important stock car races in NASCAR history, a battle between two of NASCAR's greatest ever.
8: The year was 1976, the bicentennial, and American society was in high gear. Steve Jobs launched Apple computers. The film Rocky knocked out the box office and NASA unveiled the space shuttle. Meanwhile, in Daytona Beach, one of the greatest stock car finishes in history was about to unfold. Welcome to the 18th running of the most spectacular automobile race in the world, the Daytona 500. Entering the 1976 season, Richard Petty and David Pearson had finished one and two in 57 races. It was a fierce rivalry. But according to the king, the duo
12: dueled respectively. If you ask me from a competitive standpoint, the toughest one I ever had to run was, was Pierce. He won 105 races or something. You mean?
13: So when you went to the racetrack, he was the one you had to beat. And I always felt like if I beat him, I was going to win
8: the race. Most time, we did. Six times a Daytona winner in other events, Pearson was still hungry for Daytona 500 checkers after 14 starts. After a win at Riverside the week before, the Spartanburg, South Carolina native was hoping the momentum would vault him to victory lane.
6: From Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida... This is the Motor Racing Network with the broadcast of the Daytona 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race. There were some 70 entries here, only 40 cars started. That meant that some 30 cars didn't make the lineup, so the caliber of competition has to be the best ever. In just a few moments, the pace lap will arc across that canvas and it'll be the first brush stroke in what we know will be another masterpiece of Daytona racing excitement and drama. The Daytona 500 is inching down for a start. The green flag is out. It
8: didn't take long for Petty and Pearson to start inching towards the front.
6: As they come back to the line, Richard Petty squeezes to the inside. Allison goes high, and the STP Dodge will take command.
8: After problems for A.J. Foyt and Buddy Baker, the last quarter of the race belonged to the 43 of Petty, and the famous Wood Brothers number 21 of Pearson.
6: Pearson is side-by-side side with A.J. Boyd into turn number 3. He's got it for the lead. The yeah. Purely to Mercury. What a roar goes up from the crowd
8: in the infield. Pearson bore the nickname the Silver Fox for a reason, his canny ability to sneak up right when it counted. where are Jack Root standing
11: by. There isn't a driver that raced against Pearson, even if they were leading the Daytona 500, that didn't want to find out where Pearson was in the final laps of the race because they knew eventually He might want to try and overtake them for the win. As Ned Jarrett describes,
8: Pearson was the master of the slingshot.
10: It didn't matter whether he was leading or not. In fact, most of the time, he'd rather not be leading as it came down at the end of the race and uh, knew when and where to make his move. So that he'd win the race
6: one lap the white flag comes out richard petty in front the stp dodge the pirolata mercury go through the tri-oval area with richard petty by a half length he goes into the first
12: turn well you know we was just got everything right uh, he was really good that day i was good that day and everybody else must have been off a little bit uh, we were able to get a lap ahead and do sort of race with each other, and then it came down to the very last lap.
6: Here's Pearson knocking on the door. David chops it down to two car lengths. He's right on the bumper, pulls it up and tightens it up. As they come out of the corner, they pass Dave Marcus. He is pulled up, and here he goes down to the inside on Petty. He shows his nose to the inside, the furulator Mercury, and now a slower car in the way. David Pearson has the lead going into turn number three. As they hit the banking, they're three abreast with a lap car. Pearson moves in front of the STP Dodge. Petty comes back to the inside. I was
12: leading, he passed me, and... I passed him back almost.
6: (laughs) They almost touch as they move down low in the banking. They're going to be side by side as they exit the bank and head for the finish line. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still moving. The car stops 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line. Pearson is still running. Here's Petty trying to fire to come across the line. David Pearson moving down through.
10: He had the presence of mind to, to disengage the clutch so the engine would continue to run. And uh, once it stopped sliding, he put it in gear and drove them on across the start finish line even though the thing was torn up.
6: As they come to the stripe, the winner is car number 21. It's going to be, I believe, Pearson's victory will just have to wait and see. An amazing finish, Richard Petty's car demolished in the front end as well as car number 21. An unbelievable finish, a terrible crash, both cars in the wall, both drivers kept on going.
8: Ken Squire's call is one of the most iconic in MRN history. And as Squire describes, the perception of stock car racing forever
12: changed that day. It was the perfect setting and the media got it, so there was a lot written about it. And then to have the kind of finish that it did, with both cars destroyed and limping across the finish line at 30 miles an hour, is David Pearson, while Richard Petty sits there, static in the infield, car unable to move. And just creeping, crawling to the line was that maroon, white, and gold Wood Brothers number 21. It was a perfect day as far as a media event was concerned. And that dramatic finish carried over for weeks after that event. People talked about it, they kept re-showing it. Is
4: there a, a race that you wanted more than a 500? You've waited a while for this.
12: I've waited a long
4: time. <laughs> I you, just, in fact, this is the first time I've ever won this one, and
3: uh, I guess that just means a whole lot to me. Well, David Pearson, we congratulate you tremendously again, and now the jinx
2: of the uh, Silver Fox is broken. Well, I hope so.
12: And Pearson, who was always kind of a cool customer and never got too alarmed, he was perfect in the role of the guy who took that victory away From the king, Richard Petty. It was a remarkable day.
9: At the time, media, NASCAR, MRN, the fans are all probably thinking it doesn't get any better than this. Well, then the storm came in the form of the 1979 Daytona 500.
5: It's RIP the Fence. Join two former voices of USAC, Dylan Welch and Tyler Burnett, on a ride like no other. You can't really tell much stories because you don't want to get anybody in too much trouble. As the two chat with the faces of traditional open-wheel racing. I was four wheels in a fluff and hot laps, and my dad actually after hot laps says, if you do that again, we're parking it. Catch up on prior episodes and get ready for the ride with RIP the Fence. Available for free to download on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the podcast app. Or available on
8: MRN.com. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checkered flags waving. I look in my mirror and here's Earnhardt right on my tail and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh no you don't.
10: As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes
8: on its nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called the 1993 season 25 years later. And Davey was behind me and we came off the corner and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now.
1: Coming up, NASCAR reaps the benefits of a massive storm on and off the racetrack. This is the 50 years of the 500 on MRN. On the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
4: Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-242-1706. 800-242-1706. 800-242-1706. From the shores of
8: Daytona Beach, Florida, this is 50 Years of the 500 on MRN. Here are your hosts, Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden. Welcome back to Daytona Beach,
9: Florida. Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden here with you as we are all enjoying
1: a bit of a history lesson together. It was so cool to hear calls from the iconic 76 Daytona 500 and hear Richard Petty's perspective before the break, a race that at the time was probably the most drama seen at the end of 500 miles here at Daytona. That is until 1979. Once again, here's Fred Armstrong.
8: Predicting weather wasn't easy in 1979, and the technology of the time wasn't ready for the record breaking snowstorm that socked the middle Atlantic states on February 18th. MRN pit reporter Winston Kelly remembers the total travel shutdown.
7: You know, the whole East Coast, was snowed in, pretty much from the Georgia-Florida line all the way up the East Coast. There really wasn't much else on TV. There were no other sports of note going on. So people that may not have watched that race, you know, they're, they're stuck in there wherever they are.
8: MRN co-founder Ken Squire convinced CBS to broadcast live flag-to-flag coverage of the Daytona 500 for the first time in history. TV cameras hummed from green to checkers, and the Motor Racing Network painted word pictures to listeners around the world as a Hollywood ending unfolded, starring two members of the Allison Gang and a bulldog named Cale Yarborough.
6: Hello everyone from Daytona Beach, Florida. Well, there's been some rain showers here at the Daytona Speedway this morning. It has not dampened the spirits of what will undoubtedly be the largest crowd in the history of the track to attend a race here at Daytona. We are just moments away from the start of what is being touted as the greatest race ever conceived.
8: The race began under caution.
6: As the race has officially started under a green caution situation. As
8: rain showers soak the infield grass around the super speedway, Yarborough recalls the delay.
13: Well, it's it's harder on the driver than it is on the cars. because you're ready to go. You know, you've, uh, you've been down there for a couple of weeks and trying to get uh, get everything ready to go, and when you get ready to go, you can't go.
8: As the skies cleared, the green finally flew.
13: Kale glued to the downside, floats back in front of
10: Donny Allison for the lead, now running in third, Buddy Parsons digging and docking, looks for the advantage, can't find
3: any. But
8: the lead pack quickly found trouble.
3: Donnie Allison leading the race, Bobby Allison tried to tuck back up in the draft. The two cars appeared to touch. Kale Yarborough caught up in it. Trying to miss
8: a wreck
13: with uh, Donnie and Bobby, I think, win it, and uh, and I got bogged down in the infield from all the rain, which lost three left.
3: Also spun his car. The three machines spun out of control into the infield grass, which is very soaking wet from the downpour late yesterday afternoon and last night.
8: The Allison brothers and Yarborough were all swept up in the crash. To this day, Bobby still feels like he undeservedly took the blame.
11: They all blame me. They both blame me, and, I, I of course, I blame somebody else, so. and Cale and I both lost a couple laps. As the clash continued,
8: Yarborough grappled to regain laps.
6: Well, a moment ago, Cale Yarborough made up one of the laps that he lost in that costly spinout over in turn number two early in the race, and now he sits in a good position on Donnie Allison, the leader.
11: And at that time, you know, they told me that Kale was, you know, at least five laps down So don't worry about Kale. and uh, uh, of course, I didn't really uh, take that to heart. I never liked to let anybody have a lap back.
6: Should we get a caution flag? A moment ago, he proved he could get around him. And for the moment, Cale is content to just ride there, hoping for a break.
11: Uh, in the last lap that he got back, he was going to wreck me if he didn't get it back. And right then, I knew things were coming on.
8: Yarbrough finally made it back to the lead lap. And the drama began to build for the closing circuit. Two
6: of the toughest drivers in the business lead this Daytona 500. Donnie Allison out front, Cale Yarbrough finds himself running third on the racetrack, but second overall and sandwiched in between. Bobby Allison, brother of your leader, Donnie, as they go to Mike Joy.
13: You know, I've been racing him uh, all day and I knew I could beat him. Wasn't in doubt about that, so uh, I decided to stay in, in, in seconds because I knew on the last lap I could slingshot by him and, and win the race. Well,
6: here they come. Out of turn number four, the white flag is in Chip Warren's hand as he gets ready. To- to display it to donnie allison kale just tucked in there when will yarborough make his move they flash across the stripe and a white flag for donnie allison they're back in turn one
11: and I, I knew he couldn't beat me i knew he couldn't lead. and to be perfectly honest with you i knew something was going to happen probably before we got back to the start finish line never in my life did i believe it was going to start off turn two they're out of
6: turn two they're down the back stretch here goes kale on the inside Kale makes the move he's down very close to the grass down he tries to shot him off kale's in the grass kale loses it he tries to pull it back down side by side they make contact both head toward the wall they hit the wall and turn number three will have a new leader they are in turn two in front of mike joy
3: and as richard came off turn number two here's darrell waltrip nursing a car on seven cylinders behind him And A.J. Foyt, whose spotter had told him, you can't catch the leaders, and he says, well, then, the heck with it. Third, fourth, fifth, all pays about the same. His car was handling like a dump truck and who comes off turn four to the victory.
6: Here comes Richard Petty. He leads Darryl Waltrip by five car lengths. Five more lengths back to A.J. Foyt. Race traffic, Waltrip closes, but Petty is up there. Caution is on the race track, and it will be a battle back to the start-finish line. Heavy traffic in three. Walter running right behind Petty. A.J. Foyt is right there. They move to the high side. They want to pass Ty Scott. Richard brings him to the four. Richard Petty
10: takes the outside. He's got Darryl Waltrip close behind. Two car lengths back to A.J. Foyt. Richard Petty takes it into the tri He's got the advantage right
6: now. Here they come. To the stripe, Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile. Waltrip dives to the inside. Petty almost put him off in the grass and Richard Petty will win the Daytona 500. The Petty crew jumping up and down on pit road congratulating each other. This Daytona 500 has had it all.
3: Jackie yep. over in turn three. We interrupt for a moment. Cale and Donnie, both out of the cars. Bobby Allison has brought his car down there. A furious discussion taking place just down below the banks of turn number three. And now it appears we may have a fistfight.
6: We see drivers and helmets, safety officials trying to jump in there and separate them as tempers have really flared after this amazing incident on the final lap coming into turn number three. They, come, they battle on the ground at this time, and we can't see as others come running in to surround and try to separate those drivers. This Daytona 500 has had it all.
11: Donnie Allison. Bobby's in his car and he hit Bobby with his helmet and so I run over there and grabbed Cale by the arm and I said if you want to fight I'm the guy you should be fighting with and I spun him around. Well I still don't know how Bobby got out of the car that fast but he came out of there and nobody didn't have to tell me what was going to happen. I was raised with Bobby. I saw that look before. I knew what was going on. Hollered to Donnie if he wanted to ask him if he wanted to ride around to the Ride area or to the pits or whatever and he's nigh he's all disgusting now nah, go on so i put it in gear to start going and Kale started yelling that the wreck was my fault and like i say have said many times i i question his ancestry
6: Kale yarborough crash in turn three on that final lap
11: i finally got out of my car and
13: was uh standing down in the infield and uh bobby drove up and stopped instead of donnie and that's when it all started he didn't have any business there whatsoever so uh It had made me mad enough to fight, and that's what I did, I fought.
8: The finish and the fight that ensued became an instant Daytona 500 classic. We
6: have Richard Petty with us now in the winner's circuit. Richard, the doctor advised against you even racing today. The doctor told you not to race, and today you've come from a long, dry streak of over a year. What's the feeling? Well, I tell you, it's just unreal.
8: And to this day, considered the most important race in NASCAR history.
1: When we return, the 80s marked a new era of speed for the Daytona 500. We'll hear more about that as we continue on 50 years of the Daytona 500 on MRN. Coming up,
9: engine builders made a mark in the 1980s building cars that topped speeds well into the 200s. We'll have more on that in a moment. This is 50 years of the 500 on MRN, the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. He's two car lengths out in front, and the pack is steaming down behind
8: him. Only one goal. One
9: moment,
2: you're the attacker. The next moment, you're the defender.
8: One dream. Side-by-side for the race lead. One tradition.
5: Three
6: to go. It's on here at Daytona. Can be the greatest. Everybody wants to win the great American race. No one ever thought he would contend for the win.
8: NASCAR returns.
6: But he's going to do it.
8: And the 2019 season begins. Pull your seatbelts down. It's getting ready to get really crazy. The Daytona 500, Sunday, February 17th, on the Motor Racing Network.
2: Calling all admirers of the King. For Richard Petty, the STP Pontiac. We have the place for you. Celebrate the life and career of NASCAR's all-time win leader, Richard Petty.
11: Uh, the hat came back in
12: the late 70s. From the legend
2: behind the King's famous crown to thrills and spills that the Hall of Famer had over the years.
6: Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall.
2: It's Richard Petty's Road to Royalty, and it's available for free to download on iTunes and MRN.com right now. Live sports are the one true reality entertainment where a single dramatic moment can become timeless. In NASCAR, Motor Racing Network's live broadcast elevates your senses to the sights, sounds, and struggles taking place on the racetrack.
6: Austin Dillon leads the pack. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona Fight.
2: The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. MRN's Classic Races
10: Labonte gets crossed up, Labonte goes around Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte Spawn across the line and got the win
6: Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing Barney Hall, there's a beautiful afternoon Here in Daytona Beach and the action will be fast And furious, legendary
8: voices Legendary races,
11: Daryl simply, What happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200,000 That's all I can tell you
8: MRN's tell. Classic Races, available on MRN.com iTunes and your favorite podcast Providers. He
11: did, he did touch No, he knocked the hell out of me
8: MRN celebrates 50 years of Daytona 500 coverage. This is it. Here comes Bill Elliott down to win the Daytona 500. And, you know, to run around this place for 500 miles and stay out of trouble is a feat in itself. Now, back to Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden.
1: Welcome back to 50 Years of the 500 on MRN. I'm Alex Hayden, alongside Jeff Striegel. You know, Jeff, speed has always been something that NASCAR fans have craved when coming to Daytona for decades.
9: Well, you're right, and that speed war began in the 1980s. Engine builders began to produce more power under the hood, which vaulted some of Daytona's greatest to the forefront. Here's Fred
8: Armstrong on the constant battle of speed versus safety. Technology flourished in the 1980s, the Sony Walkman, cell phones, and the Nintendo gaming system. Meanwhile, in the garage, teams were following the trend. Buddy
6: Baker's got one hand on the wheel and the other one waving to the crowd as he heads to you in the tower.
8: In 1980, Buddy Baker won the fastest Daytona 500 in history at an average speed of 177.602 miles per hour.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, Buddy Baker has to be choked with emotion after 20 years of trying to capture the Daytona 500. checkered flag for Buddy Baker as he comes across the start finish line hey buddy i've been waiting 20 years to talk to you in victory lane I'm 18 and here i am sick
11: on my stomach was that right? Fastest 500 ever run. Ever run. <laughs> ever run. That's right. It's a new record I a for you, buddy. record
10: back again. I had the record for a couple of years at Talladega, and now we got it back again. If I could drive a race car like that, I'd run every day. If I could get buddy. one prepared like that.
8: Buddy. In 1983, Kyle Yarborough shattered NASCAR's qualifying record at a speed of over 200 miles per hour, crashing on his second lap. Then swapping into the legendary Hardy's Restaurant backup car.
3: Yarborough, the 1977 and 1968 winner of the 500. Qualified on his first of two time trial laps at 200 plus miles per hour. On the second lap, his Chevrolet Monte Carlo from Harry Rainier Racing spun in turn number three and four. The car got airborne, flipped, hit the outside retaining wall, and was demolished. As a result, Yarborough's speed is erased from pole qualifying, and he will start in the eighth position in the Hardys Pontiac.
8: Yarborough claimed the checkers in the Hardys show car, his first back to back 500 victory, and the third of four in the great American race.
6: Baker comes down to the inside, trying to find somebody to draft with. They are three wide back there for the second spot. As they come to the stripe, it will be Cale Yarborough the winner. A week ago today, you were here at this racetrack with a totally
9: demolished race car. At that point, did you think there was any chance at all that you'd be here in victory lane?
6: Well,
8: we never give up. No, this is a great race car and
13: a great racing team, so we can't give up.
8: Speed continued to ramp up in the late 80s as Bill Elliott laid down a qualifying lap of 210 miles per hour in 1987.
6: The speeds have been breathtaking to say that East all week long. Bill Elliott's 210 mile an hour plus really stood everyone on their ear, although it was no big surprise to anyone in the field. Elliott descends the banking of turn number two with about a 10 car length lead over the second place car of Benny Parsons as they head down to the back straightaway. With the 29th annual Daytona 500 goes to Bill Elliott
10: and the jubilation continues in pit road. Let's go to the Elliott pit. Well, they're hugging and kissing down here.
6: Ernie Elliott, congratulations on a tremendous win. Well, thank you, Jerry. I tell you what, the biggest thing I, right now I can say is I just want to thank the good Lord he rode with us today. In
8: 1988, NASCAR responded, introducing restrictor plates at Daytona. A lot of unknowns to be answered, even though they have run some qualifying races and practiced and qualified and tested and fine-tuned on the cars, losing 200 horsepower, but a whole different complexion on the race this afternoon. In a race that saw 50-year-old Bobby Allison become the oldest Daytona 500 winner in history. Davey
6: Allison
10: tries it on the inside. One last try for Davy Allison, but he has to tuck back in line just behind his dad, who was a twice-winner of the Daytona 500 bobby allison wins it for the third time in his career right behind him was Davey
13: allison this forward with this restrictor plate just seems to be a little bit down on power and dad's engine was really strong but he drove a heck of a race you know he was tough all day long and we got behind early and we caught back up and we made a run at him but we did the best we could do and that was
6: second what a storybook finish you and your young son Davey, those last few laps so what was going through your mind knowing that Davey was back there and he's a pretty fair race driver he learned from one of the best
11: well i'll tell you what he is a fine young man and a tremendous competitor Uh, An awful lot of credit needs to go to Davey and the
6: uh, whole Rainier crew for straightening that car out after getting wrecked at the end of practice yesterday. He drove the wheels off of it all day, he's a fine young man I'm proud to say that he belongs to me and Judy.
8: The introduction of restrictor plates heralded a new era in NASCAR and safety became a high priority. Gone were the constant speed wars between engine builders, but not
1: forgotten final race in the 80s was also extremely interesting. Darrell Waltrip had tried for many years to win the Daytona 500 and finally in 1989, His dream came true.
6: Waltrip under power, still in turn number three. I think he's going to make it. Darryl Waltrip calling the bluff, and he's on his way.
10: He could probably coast in from here. He's following Labonte to the line. Darryl Waltrip brings the Tide Chevrolet across, and he goes from lap 144
9: to lap 200 without a fuel stop. To this day, Waltrip's win is filled with controversy, as no one knows how he made it so long on fuel. Go by, get the white
11: flag, and the thing's... I mean, it's just barely going, and... uh... I go down in the first turn and I'm drafting behind Terry Labonte who was on the tail end of the lead lap and uh, come off a turn two and the thing just got a big burst of fuel all at once. Picked up the fuel and the engine cleaned out and it took off down the back and when it did I said man I can coast home from here. It was an emotional, emotional weekend. Walter did the icky shuffle
9: dance in victory lane and spiked his helmet cementing his legacy in Daytona 500 history.
1: Coming up, one of NASCAR's best drivers struggled to win the Daytona 500, and it finally paid off, as 50 years of the 500 on MRN continues.
9: Coming up, Biggie's love-hate relationship with Daytona. This is 50 years of the 500 on MRN, the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least $10,000
4: or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the Federal Tax Management Helpline that has been set up for you, 800-242-1706. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will stop all the collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. If you owe more than $10,000 in taxes, call for free information and to see if you qualify. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706. That's 800-242-1706.
0: 800-242-1706. At Victory Junction, it's simple. We believe every child, no matter their diagnosis or disability, deserves the chance to just be a kid. So we provide a medically safe environment where children who live in a world of hospital stays and doctor's visits are free to do everything from riding horses, zip lining, swimming, fishing, and bowling, all at no cost to the camper. The experience inspires confidence, builds self-esteem, and changes the life of every child who comes here. Help us change a child's life at VictoryJunction.org on
3: february 17th the stage will be set for
2: racing's greatest day the daytona 500 a day that delivers four wide excitement legendary moments and unforgettable finishes a day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever the greatest race awaits experience the thrill of the daytona 500 in person guarantee your seats before they sell out at daytona500.com
8: The Motor Racing Network's 50th broadcast of the Daytona 500 hits the airwaves Sunday, February 17th on many of these MRN stations.
6: Earnhardt's car blows up! Earnhardt Earnhardt blows a tire in turn number three!
8: Now, back to Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden.
1: Thanks for joining us on this special edition of 50 Years of the 500 on MRN. I'm Alex Hayden, alongside Jeff Striegel here in Daytona Beach, Florida. We continue our march through the eras of Daytona 500 and MRN history by switching topics to one man and his quest to win the biggest stock car race in the world.
9: Well, how about the word unlucky? Probably the best word to describe Dale Earnhardt's career in the Daytona 500. But it all paid off eventually, as Fred Armstrong
8: explains. Heartbreak.
10: Earnhardt's not a factor here.
8: Misfortune.
10: Earnhardt spins off turn
8: two. And bad luck. Earnhardt's car blows up. All characterized Dale Earnhardt's experience in the Daytona 500. According to Ken Squire, Earnhardt may have been the best super speedway driver in history.
12: The Daytona Speedway and Dale Earnhardt's style fitted hand in glove. He loved to go fast. He was a risk taker. He was a smart driver. That track is put your foot on the floor and hold it there. It has been and more so now, but you just don't do that. Now you are really playing a super fast chess game. Earnhardt liked that kind of thing. And so he flourished in there. The 34 races prove it. As Jack Aroot describes,
8: Earnhardt had a unique relationship with Daytona.
11: I don't think that there's a driver that loved Daytona more than Dale Earnhardt and hated Daytona more than Dale Earnhardt. The love came from just his performance. He loved that racetrack. It fit his style, which was take no prisoners and get your nose up there and drop the hammer right from the beginning. But He probably hated Daytona as well because it took him so long to win
8: the biggest race, the great American race. In 1990, Earnhardt was leading on the final lap when disaster struck in turn three.
6: Now stretching his lead by another car length over Cope. The body can't do anything with Cope either. Earnhardt's car blows up. Earnhardt Eric. blows the tire in turn number three. Derek Cope down to the inside. Terry Labonte second as Dale Earnhardt slides back into the fourth position. Off the corner, it's Derek Cope, But here comes Terry Labonte. He looks to the inside. Derek
10: Cope covers the spot. Earnhardt's not a factor here. Cope hold off the challenge of Labonte. Derek Cope wins the Daytona 500 in a remarkable upset here at the World Center of Racing.
7: So then Allen makes that call and say, like, oh, God, I'm going to have to interview Earnhardt. He's going to want to bite the microphone off.
10: The third member of our pit coverage crew this afternoon from Denver, North Carolina, Winston
7: Kelly. Well, a very long story short, he could not have been nicer. You know, he was very accommodating. When he got out of the car, he's always got that grin. He looked at me uh, and uh, had, had told some of the other media, if y'all stand over there so NASCAR can ins- inspect the car, I'll talk to you as soon as I get done with Winston. And then he, uh, he said, you ready to, to talk? And so well, we're in victory lane. We'll be down here in a minute. We're talking to Derek. He said, Derek, I said, I'm the story today and he has this grin on his face and and could not have been nicer Dale Earnhardt, first of all what happened on that last lap well we cut a tire
12: Winston uh you know we just run real good the car has just worked I was sitting there just hoping to get to the start finish line and we didn't make it uh you know you got to get the check flag to win this and then uh it's eluded us every year so far in
8: 1991 Earnhardt and Davey Allison tangled in the closing laps
6: Earnhardt off turn two the car goes completely around Kyle Petty slams into him both cars spin to the inside Allison spins off the racetrack he slams the dirt bank in the infield meanwhile Ernie Irvin dodges a bumper that's fallen off another car
10: he's on his way around to the caution but it is Ernie Irvin who by virtue of getting back has virtually won the event as Kyle Petty will spin back up in turn four
8: what a finish to the Daytona 500 in 1993 and 96 Dale Jarrett got the best of him.
6: Up front, Dale Jarrett leads Dale Earnhardt off turn four by one car length. back to the checker. Here they
10: come off turn number four, Dale Jarrett's got the lead, he goes to the inside. Earnhardt's not going to get him, Dale Jarrett is going to win the Daytona 500 by STP, Earnhardt second.
8: And in 97, Hendrick Motorsports dominated the race, finishing first, second and third, while Earnhardt finished fourth. Jeff Gordon begins to receive the ovation from the turn four grandstands as he slips off the corner and heads down the short straightaway and back to the Record flag of the Daytona 500. But in 1998, the dreams of Earnhardt Nation came true. So many stories, the new Taurus wondering how it'll do. Will Earnhardt finally win a 500? We could sit here for the next 15
6: minutes and just talk about things. Fourth is Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina. Two and a half miles around the speedway, 31-degree banking, and to cover the action over in turns one and two. And I'd almost trade seats with you this afternoon, Joe Moore, because you're going to see some excitement out there. You have to start thinking, okay, he's been so close so many times, he's accomplished so much in the sport, maybe he's just not meant to win a Daytona 500. So I think that there's a lot of us who were along the same line of thought that maybe he's just not going to win a
11: Daytona 500.
6: This is the race for the win of the Daytona 500 Field in three. Earnhardt swings up to the top of Rick Mass, the lap car on the bottom of the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt puts on the block. Earnhardt slips off turn four, back to the checkered flag. Earnhardt in front of Bobby Labonte, a lap car to the inside. Rusty Wallace make that Mayfield and Labonte banging for second to the stripe. Dale Earnhardt comes to the white flag and the caution flag, and Dale Earnhardt is going to win the Daytona 500 in his 20th try. It
12: may have been one of the best things that ever happened that, that Earnhardt did not win before he did. That drum roll that had gotten louder and louder for American stock car racing came to a peak and perhaps to a crescendo when he finally won that 500.
6: It'll be Earnhardt coming to the stripe, finally eluding the one prize in NASCAR racing that has eluded him
12: the most over his illustrious career. There was a momentum among those that disliked him as a a race driver and those that loved him. The fact that he had tried so hard for so long and in his 20th effort was successful was something that no one could deny. It was a standing ovation from everyone, not only on pit road, but all across America with racing fans and general enthusiasts, for this guy named Earnhardt, big important thing.
9: 20th time is a
11: charm. Your thoughts? 20 years of hard work. I tell you, thank the good Lord for a good day. I tell you, we got a lot of great race fans, a lot of people behind me that really all week long they say this is your week this is your week this team will win a championship
10: dale earnhardt wins his first daytona 500
6: yeah you're finally going to get it buddy praise the lord nice job, nice job yes yes it's the greatest sport
7: in the world right here buddy the greatest sport in the world
9: What a sight it was, Earnhardt driving down Pitt Road, hand out the window, receiving high fives from crew members and officials. A culmination, if you will, Alex, of years of effort that finally paid off.
1: Earnhardt unfortunately lost his life in the 2001 edition of the 500, one of the saddest days in the history of not only racing here in Daytona, but also in NASCAR. You know, his legacy lives on today in many forms, but also in the form of safety in these race cars. Drivers have never been safer inside a race car than they are right now, due in part to NASCAR's conscious effort to improve following the loss of Big E.
9: When we return, the biggest moments throughout the 2000s, wild finishes, crazy circumstances, and more as 50 years of the Daytona 500 on MRN rolls on from the world center of racing. Are you ready? to help
0: children forget about their serious medical conditions so they can just be a kid. Then support Victory Junction, which is the dream of late race driver Adam Petty, who wanted to build a camp where children concentrate on fun and laughter, not illness or disability. At Victory Junction, kids enjoy ziplining, horseback riding, swimming, fishing, all in a medically safe environment, all at no cost to the camper. What do you say, Richard Petty? Let's do this. Learn more at VictoryJunction.org.
1: Close finishes and wild circumstances at the turn of the third millennium. This is 50 Years of the 500 on MRN. On the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
8: MRN.com. Original online audio, video, and digital content. Need the latest information on each week's races? Check out the MRN.com race center. Need to find your local radio station for MRN original programs and Camping World Truck, Xfinity, and Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series races? Go to stations on MRN.com. All the latest NASCAR news and opinion pieces, race schedules, driver standings, and archives of MRN programs, MRN race broadcasts, and so much more. MRN.com.
0: Join MRN as we travel through the life of NASCAR's most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway, leading the pack. I
3: won races that I never thought I'd win.
0: From growing up under the Earnhardt name to Super Speedway wins to Whiskey River, we dive into everything Dale Jr. He's brain man for NASCAR history. You know, we weren't the typical family that got to sit down to dinner together. Tune in to Junior's Journey, available on iTunes for download only on the Motor Racing Network.
5: It's RIP the Fence. Join two former voices of USAC, Dylan Welch and Tyler Burnett, on a ride like no other. You can't really tell much stories because you don't want to get anybody in too much trouble. As the two chat with the faces of traditional open-wheel racing. I was four wheels in a fluff in hot laps, and my dad actually after hot laps says, if you do that again, we're parking it. Catch up on prior episodes and get ready for the ride with RIP the Fence. Available for free to download on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the podcast app. Or available on MRN.com.
8: From the shores of Daytona Beach, Florida, this is 50 Years of the 500 on MRN. Now, back to Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden.
9: Welcome back to Daytona International Speedway. Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden with you. Thank you for joining us tonight on this very special edition of 50 Years of the Daytona
1: 500 on MRN. We now move into the time period of MRN coverage that you and I have spent most of our career, Jeff. We've called some really crazy finishes and very unique races.
9: Yeah, you know, for sure. Pack racing became commonplace. We even had two-car tandem racing. As Fred Armstrong explains, the Daytona 500 always creates
8: drama Daytona International Speedway has a way of making memories and like so many years before the 2000s were no different in 2007 fans witnessed one of history's closest finishes compliments of Kevin Harvick and Mark Martin. Here
9: comes Kevin Harvick. He draws even with Mark Martin side by side for the race lead for the win.
8: Martin down low. Kevin Harvick wheel to wheel. Bush
6: spins off turn four. Kyle Busch spins. Matt Kenseth spins. But here comes the race to the Daytona 500 victory at the stripe. Kevin Harvick gets it by inches. Comes out of nowhere. And Kevin Harvick is the 2007 Daytona 500 winner.
0: Mark and I have talked about that a little bit. You know, obviously that was that was the you know the one race that um, Mark Martin had never got to win, and that was obviously a pretty close moment to uh, to winning the Daytona 500. But I went to his dealership, um, you know, seven or eight years ago, and and signed autographs for him, and and we talked about it briefly, and and still, I mean, I can. Uh, you know, when you try for so many years, I was fortunate to have won the Daytona 500, kind of in the middle of my career, or you know, five or six years into my career. So it wasn't like this burden that lived over uh, over the top of you like it did with with Mark and, and Tony Stewart and Rusty Wallace. And you know, it's just a it's a hard race to win. So luckily, I don't have to worry about that. And, and uh, that was that was that one was definitely won in dramatic fashion. But we've had a few of those through the years. In 2008,
8: Team Penske went one-two in the 50th edition of the Great American Race.
6: Ryan Newman brings him off turn four for the last time into the triumphal. A long, dry spell for this driver. He will win the 50th Daytona 500. And in 2011,
8: it was the legendary Wood Brothers taking the youngest winner ever, Trevor Bain, to victory lane.
6: Now Trevor Bain will cross over the final time off four. Trevor Bain playing defense. He's out in front at age 20. He's going to win the 53rd Daytona 500. The following year,
8: craziness ensued. The event logged the longest elapsed time in history as rain delayed the race from a planned green at noon Sunday until late Monday night in prime time, ultimately concluding in the early Tuesday morning hours after a strange occurrence.
6: Just about everybody came to Pitt Road and Winston Kelly when uh, Juan Pablo Montoya left said he heard something
7: crack what is it yeah, he, they don't know exactly what it is as soon as he pulled out in the target Chevrolet he radioed and said do we get all four tires on he fell. Oh, there's of the- trouble
2: off the end of the back straight away. Juan Pablo Montoya's car has blown apart right with the jet blowers that were working to the high side of the banking matter of fact Juan Pablo has hit one of the jet dryers and the car has exploded Let's go back to
6: Mike Bagley. What exactly happened there? That was
2: so weird because I was taking a little break. I had a little snack and I was drinking some water and I was leaning on my turn position and my back was to turn three and all of a sudden I heard this boom. And I'm like, wait a minute, car didn't backfire going past me, I didn't think. And I happened to turn around and I look at the bottom of the racetrack and there's Juan Pablo's car and then I see a guy on the jet dryer and it's like, is there damage there? And then the guy gets out of the truck and he's standing on the banking and then the fuel is starting to run down the banking. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And then all of a sudden, that was probably one of the
8: weirdest things that's ever happened to me as a turn announcer. Matt Kenseth drove on to win. It was his second Daytona 500 victory in 2013 danica patrick became
7: the first woman to both
8: start on the pole and lead a lap Just in the race be
7: confident roll with what we got um, have clean pit stops and see where we end up she made history last sunday hoping to put an exclamation point on it this afternoon she does so from the pole jimmy johnson started eight led
8: 97 laps and drove on to win his second 500. Jimmy
7: Johnson takes his Chevrolet to the bottom of the
9: racetrack. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will look to the inside, look to the outside, but he will not get it done. And Jimmy Johnson has won the Daytona 500 for the second time in his career.
8: 2014 saw the dramatic return of the iconic number three car. As Austin Dillon won the. In 2016, MRN covered the closest finish in Daytona 500 history since the introduction of electronic scoring.
6: It's Truex on the inside,
9: Hamlin on the outside, and too close to call. Denny Hamlin
8: showing up as the race winner. The Motor Racing Network's 50th broadcast of the Daytona 500 hits the airwaves Sunday, February 17th on many of these MRN stations.
9: And we'll be on the call, Alex of the Race and. It will be an honor, Fred, that is for sure. Thank you. When we return, we're going to preview the 61st running of the Daytona 500 as we wrap things up for you here today on 50 Years of the 500 on
8: MRN. From the shores of Daytona Beach, Florida, this is 50 Years of the 500 on MRN.
6: David Pearson moving down through as they come to the stripe. The winner is car number 21. And Dale Earnhardt is going to win the Daytona 500 in his 20th try. Trevor Bain playing defense. He's out in front at age 20. He's going to win the 53rd Daytona 500.
8: Now, back to Jeff Striegel and Alex
9: Hayden thank you again fred and what an honor it has been to kind of take a look back alex hayden uh at what has been so memorable uh 50 years of the 500 here at daytona through the motor racing network and now it's really time to kind of refocus isn't it because the 61st running of the daytona 500 is just days away is it as simple as saying if your car will start at the beginning Uh, And you take the green flag and you happen to be around at the end of the race that
1: you got a shot of winning the 500? I think that's exactly the case. And who knows what's going to happen next week in the great American race. But I can tell you every one of these 40 drivers that take the green flag in the Daytona 500 next Sunday are going to be going after glory. They're going to be going after the opportunity to etch their name in the history books forever and forever be called Daytona 500 champion. Any one of 40 drivers can do it. That's how it works here at Daytona. You have to survive. You have to be around on lap number 200, that 500th mile, and you could possibly be a champion.
9: All right, you got uh, Chip Ganassi, uh, their, their team. You've got Richard Childress and their team. You've got Rick Hendrick. You've got Team Penske. You got Joe Gibbs. You got Jack Roush. I'll probably leave somebody out. And you know, those are the big teams, if you will, the powerhouses of the sport. But again, going back in, and just looking at a driver like a Mike Michael McDowell, if you will, uh, Yes, it could be a powerhouse, but it also could be a surprise
1: here comes Sunday. It could very well be. McDowell is one of those drivers. Bubba Wallace could surprise. Who knew he was going to finish second last year in his first Daytona 500? And Bubba Wallace is a great plate racer, so it could be any one of anybody. Any of these top teams or these mid-tier teams, they've all shown flashes of brilliance to this point here in Speed Weeks 2019. So, quite honestly, I can't tell you who's going to win this thing. It's going to be fantastic and thrilled to death to wait and see how this plays out and have the call on the Motor Racing Network.
9: When you listen to the programming that we just provided 49 years the one thing that all 49 had in common was you dropped a green flag with absolutely no idea who is gonna make the headlines come Monday would it be a Richard Petty could it be a David Pearson a Dale Earnhardt or a Dale Earnhardt Jr Uh, that is something that we all live for Just hearing the words that Daytona 500 means so much to so many.
1: It really does. And to the millions of MRN listeners who have been able to listen to the Daytona 500 for 49 years as we get set for our 50th, it doesn't change because they're all race fans. They may have their favorites. They may just want to see a good race. The beautiful thing about it is you, me, everybody else that's calling this on MRN here on our 50th Daytona 500, we're all race fans. And we're all excited about this and listening to some of these cuts and these drivers, what they have said and telling some of these behind the scene type stories. All that's done is fire me up and I can't wait.
9: I can't either. And a a quick thank you to all of the voices that you heard here on uh, the 50th running of the Daytona 500. So many memorable moments that you've heard and and hopefully enjoyed with us along the way. Thank you, Fred Armstrong. Amazing as always Uh, coming up on Sunday again, our airtime 1.30, the great American race, the 61st running of the Daytona 500. Now for Alex Hayden. My name is Jeff Striegel. Thanks for joining us right here on the Motor Racing Network.
8: The 50 years of the 500 on MRN was written and produced by Tyler Burnett. Production of the Motor Racing Network under an exclusive license agreement with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.